Hello there, and welcome to Dopamine and Other Happy Chemicals. I am your host, Chris Rivera, and welcome to the show that slaps. Boo. Yes, I know, another joke. We're just going to get through it. Might as well. Um, <laughs> um, there's, I, there's something in me lately that's just been like lightening up a little bit. I'm trying to bring some of the jokes back into the show. I want to lighten things up. Those of you who have maybe been following me on Instagram at Let's Go C-Note will see that I've been posting a lot more memes. I think I've just been trying really hard to be too serious and being serious because I'm serious, I'm a serious man about growth and trying to grow as a human being. And I think growth is important, but there's something to be said about being too serious and being too serious and taking life too seriously tends to lead to really unhelpful convictions and uh, while this episode is something about something different, I just wanted to point that out. This episode, I'm going to be talking about spirituality. Like, what is spirituality anyway? Mostly the word spirituality, literally the interpretation of the word spirituality. I am interested in that. And then I have my own interpretation. And uh, as like the investigation of self and spirit, like your own essence. Uh, but there are other definitions or other ways that this term has become a bit of a loaded term and has all sorts of different interpretations based on who you're talking to. So I thought this would be interesting to dive into. And uh, so that's all I got to say for now. Let's hit the button and do the thing and start the episode here on dopamine and other happy chemicals. Let's go. I'm Mo Rocca, and I'm excited to announce season four of my podcast, Mobituaries. I've got a whole new bunch of stories to share with you about the most fascinating people and things who are no longer with us. From famous figures who died on the very same day to the things I wish would die, like buffets, all that and much more. Listen to Mobituaries with Mo Rocca wherever you get your podcasts. Inspired by the life of the savvy and ambitious Colombian businesswoman Griselda Blanco comes a new Netflix original limited series. Griselda tells the story of a devoted mother who, with her lethal blend of charm and relentless savagery, creates one of the most powerful cartels in history. Witness Sofia Vergara's captivating transformation into the godmother of the underworld. Griselda, now streaming only on Netflix. I think one of the biggest lessons for me as a person, uh, as an INTP or just me, really, my experience is that that one of the biggest things is that words change and morph definition all the time. And I could cling to my interpretation or the definition in a dictionary or in a website's definition all the time. But I think we all know that Urban Dictionary exists, or maybe you've heard of it. And words change meaning all the time or new words are being created pretty much constantly. And so I'm constantly sourcing, paying attention to the way that people are using words. And I'm not stopping them from using the word that way because I want to know where they're coming from. I want to know their perspective. I want to know what the intention of the usage of that word actually is or means to them. And so it's really interesting to start to relate that to the way that 
I grow as a person relative to how I observe other people growing as themselves. In a sense, like you're listening to this podcast, possibly to just be entertained, or maybe my voice puts you to sleep, or uh, <laughs> you know, you're trying to learn something and grow in some sort of way, or or clear the blockers from your view. And there is this, you know, we're we're learning from from people around us constantly. We're learning from mentors. We're learning from parents, our partners, etc. And I think one of the things that has been so helpful to me is is understanding how they are using the word versus how maybe I use the word. Not that I'm right and they're wrong or they're right and I'm wrong, but just seeing it as it is and, and not necessarily being rigid about it, but but understanding the differences and perhaps for myself, figuring out what is best for me, right? Like what is the definition that I go by and what do I, how do I let that guide my life? And perhaps there's a boundary being set for how that person uses the word. And and in this case, I want to talk about the word spirituality because what, what even is spirituality? And I think I'm learning that there are multiple definitions. I'm learning that it's becoming a much more loaded word for sure. And as I see more and more people around me using that word uh, in a in, in ever increasing scale, that the definition means different things to different people. And I'm seeing the attachments to certain frameworks that I'm aware of in terms of spiral dynamics um, and even some of it in the Enneagram. The, the quicker Enneagram example is I think that um, spirituality can be used as a means for passing external blame, or or it can be used as like a uh, another word for something that's out there, right? Like astrology, or like the cosmos, or or how are the uh, the winds of external reality affecting me, right? And it's almost more of like um, I feel like. And, and this is just a pattern that I think I've noticed. I feel like it's easier for some extroverts to get into that space more because their sense of reality is more external than internal. And I think for me as an INTP, as an introvert, I, I think of spirituality as more of my inner reality, which I think is more of the definition that that uh, teachers and, and uh, spiritual leaders and mystics tend to use. But um it can be really easy to get caught up in sort of the external stuff and the external reality is a way it is very easy to be shiftable. It's very easy to change our relativity to something external. So for example, you can use either uh tri type in the Enneagram or astrology to kind of do either one of these things. Not that those things necessarily aren't valid. I don't necessarily think tri type is helpful, um, but they're kind of doing the same thing depending on how you're using it. Like astrology can be useful for getting a gauge of like where your thought process is. Like if you look at your horoscope for the day and you're like, okay, I'm aware of this aspect of me today because this is what the page is, the words on the page said, but I don't think it's any different than looking at a shelf full of books and being aware of which book you're attracted to. And then that kind of gives you a sense of like where your mental state is at. You know, it's a prompt is is one of those things but it's still about the internal and when it comes to tri-type tri-type becomes kind of a way for someone in the enneagram to say like okay i'm an eight a seven and a five 
And if you're doing something that is, if you have your, your main Enneagram type, for example, it's really easy to deflect that to a different type if you are using tri-type. So instead of investigating, why is this behavior related to being an eight, which would give you more answers maybe about your shadow or your persona or understanding how you can get out of your own way. Uh, instead, it becomes a deflection and saying like, oh, that's just the seven part of me. Oh, that's just the five part of me. Uh, and it just becomes like almost like a schizophrenic kind of like, oh, that's my other personality. That's my other. That's the other thing doing that. That's not me. You're, you're right. And anytime you're trying to use something to say that's not me, that's another way of outsourcing blame or or placing some sort of responsibility on some version of other, right? And and I've done that myself. Like I spent a lot of time in astrology in my early 20s and I did plenty of that. Even to the point where I used to just try to guess people's uh signs <laughs> uh based on aspects of of their personality. And uh sometimes I was right, but I was not 100% right. And uh it was it was interesting. It was an interesting way of existing for a little while. Um, but I definitely noticed the tendency in myself to use it as like a, uh, both a, a blame tool, but then also kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy tool in a weird way. It was kind of like a, uh, it, it was kind of a, you know, the whole mercury and retrograde thing, for example, I think most people understand or have heard that used before. And it's like, the idea is that communications kind of break down. There's some challenges uh, with communication, whether it's technology-based or maybe you're not getting a point across, or maybe you're having a rift in relations. And it's really to be, it's really easy to not only say like, oh, Mercury must be in retrograde. And then you find out and you're like, yep, that's it. And then it's sort of, you know, it removes any sort of personal responsibility because then you're not you're not investigating yourself anymore. You're like, oh, nope, it's Mercury. It's that tiny planet that's revolving around the sun, that little bastard. <laughs> and so, you know, it's really easy to to point a finger, right? And um, in, in sort of a, a negative casting out kind of way. And I think it's really easy to get attached to that feeling. I think we've done that all our lives, and it's really easy to do that. Um, to, to find some other source to blame something on, right? Like it's even saying like, it, it's because I'm an INTP or it's because I'm an Enneagram this, or it's because of my sign or my rising sign or my house or all of those little details um, or my human design or something like that, right? No matter what framework you're using, it always comes back to you anyway. You're just using different maps, different compasses, different tools to try to navigate your own inner landscape in some way, shape, or form. Uh, and so I, I heard a quote recently, this is not verbatim, but it was something to the effect of don't preach growth, help remove the uh, blockages to growth or remove the obstacles to growth, right? And so, you know, at one point in your life, you're you're trying to like push through obstacles. You're, we, we try to figure out how to navigate life in a way that's just like, becoming stronger so that we can jump over the hurdles. Uh, but eventually we learn that the hurdles were put there by ourselves. <laughs> uh, maybe even not by ourselves. Perhaps there's elements of like what we were born into and then the, in terms of our chemistry and then, um, 
you know, our expectations based on that chemistry. And then our parents didn't necessarily understand that chemistry. And then they had their own chemistry that they're, they're contending with and weren't able to meet your needs. And, um, not only that, but like culturally and so many different factors. Right. Um, you know, and one of the things that is a challenge is like going through therapeutic growth or like trying to understand your, uh, your, your own history or trying to understand your parental history, your family system, or your own personal traumas. And it's really easy to blame again, another version of just like making it an external thing. And, um, the, the tricky challenge there too, is that when you get to a point when you're like no longer blaming your parents for who you are or something like that. Um, and not to say that that isn't having an effect, but there is a degree at some point where you're like, Oh, you know what? Most of these obstacles are mine are me, you know, 99 problems, and they're all mine. <laughs> they're all things that I created in some way, shape or form. Right. And it's not that it's not like a regret. It's not about the past. It's not about going through uh, uh, and wishing you were someone else or something else, but it's that you are here now and you have knowledge of your karma, of your history. I think karma literally means action. And so a history of your actions leading up to this point, not that you will be paid for by an external source, because that's another word that gets kind of conflated as an external thing. When again, it's something related to yourself. It's an action related concept. It's uh, this idea that you are fully responsible for everything, every choice you've ever made. And, you know, often we've made choices based on our compulsions and our compulsions and our physical chemistry system control us uh, for the most part, for most of our lives, unless you get to a point of starting to be consciously aware of your own compulsions and not repressing them, but working through them or being aware of them and, uh, you know, removing some of your own obstacles, starting to get out of your own way. And I think getting out of your own way is noticing all of the ways in which we conflate these words, spirituality, karma, etc., to make them external systems, right? Even astrology is like meant to be about understanding self. And you can use astrology to understand yourself because if you're looking at something and you get a prompt about it, you get to ask yourself the question, does this relate to me or does it not? And I think the challenge that we have is that we let the thing tell us who we are. And we are ultimately the final say. And if you have the proper boundary in your life of, of finally making the, the, the final determination or having the agency to say to yourself that this is or isn't me, then no external system has any power over you, but it has a power to suggest something to you. And then you can, you know, make the final judgment. But if you're placing all of your faith on some sort of external something, then uh, you're effectively removing your agency. And then there are, there are periods in life where you need to do that. I'm not saying that this is like any sort of uh, submission in any detail of any, like having a religion is valuable for a kid that is getting in trouble constantly and needs discipline, right? Religion is important or atheism or some sort of uh, submission to some sort of ideal is a, uh, way for someone to develop some sort of moralistic external discipline where people are checking in on each other and making sure that people are staying in line and st being good civilians, right? That's how societies are formed. And so that's, that's valuable 
to have that at some point in your life. And I think that's some of the difficulty is like this word, as things become more expansive, there are words that were typically meant to be more private are starting to become more known in the public zeitgeist. Because while there were, you know, there's, there's, I don't know if you've ever seen those like coexist stickers. It's a very grave six spiral dynamics uh, term coexist, you know, for all, all races and creeds and religions and sexes and everyone to live in harmony and sit around a fire and sing Kumbaya. Um, what's funny about that is we are currently coexisting. It's just not Kumbaya. <laughs> um, more than ever before, you know, different value systems and graves levels are able to intermingle in a way that are, um, that's never been done in history. You know, occasionally you might come across someone who's of a different worldview if you're wandering through the woods and you come across a, a shaman or someone who's lived by themselves, or maybe there's a park ranger that is a grave seven type of person that is sort of going to all of the different areas that keep the spiral of his region running and making sure that, you know, the environment's taken care of and that people are getting the things that they want to get and the people are in charge of other people and, you know, everyone's ego needs are in the place that they need to be in. Uh, but in terms of like part of that sort of management that a person like that might do is making sure that everyone's staying in their own lane in a weird way. And because of the intermingling of communication, it's harder than ever for people to stay in their own lane. We're constantly distracted by the uh, <clears throat> the demons all around us, right? Of the different graves levels. Like you've got the, um, you've, you've got, uh, you know, the heathens or you've got, uh, the non-believers or you've got the, uh, the non-scientists or, you know, the, the, those dumb religious people, those dumb science people, those Republicans, those Democrats, you've got all these different people in the different places. Oh, damn. No, damn. No. Right. And, um, you know, when you've got varying sets of black and white thinking crossing streams, it's like Ghostbusters don't cross the streams, you know, you get a very different mix. And that mix is kind of inviting different energy to organize it. And, uh, you know, so we are kind of coexisting. It's an interesting, unique time period. And that's why, like, I think all of these words get so easily conflated and they get sort of passed around from lane to lane in a weird way. So spirituality, for example, is a word that if you took it and applied it to each graves level, I think it has a different definition in a weird way. So if you, if you, you know, give a, a two purple tribes person or someone or a kid, you give them the concept of spirituality, or you, you say the word spiritual or spirit or spirituality, um, they may think of some sort of magical being or like the tooth fairy or something that has some sort of magic to it. Um, if you give it to a graves three person, that word spirituality, they may think of, of ghosts or the paranormal or uh, some, some God that has their back, uh, some power God. If you give spiritual to a religious four blue person, they may take that and, and think of it as um they may still think of it as ghosts, but they may have designations of good and bad spirits or like demons, you know, spirits or demons. 
uh, or spirituality is like, well, there's no such thing as spirituality. There's just God or there's just, you know, whatever the religion is specifically. And you give it to a Graves Five person, they may say that that's not even a real thing or like that has nothing to do with reality or there's not something we can measure or they may try to attempt to measure it, right? Like Ghost Hunters is kind of a Graves Five situation related to the paranormal field, for example. So there might be like a paranormal relationship because that was their their introduction to ghosts and stuff. And they just kind of in, in Graves 3 and they kind of stuck with it and went through it. Uh, and then after they were done their job at Roto-Rooter, which is like what the, the whole premise of the show was, is that they had a job with Roto-Rooter as plumbers. And then they uh, started to moonlight as uh, paranormal investigators. And so they're taking like ENF, EMF meters, electromagnetic field meters and cameras, and they're trying to see if a ghost will materialize, right? Like, so it's still related to spirits in terms of like a magical thinking external kind of thing, but they're trying to capture it now. They're trying to get the material thing related to it. So that's like kind of the Graves Five relationship to spirit or spirituality in a sense. It's still an external thing. And then Graves 6 is, you know, kind of depends on the health level or where you're, what you're working on. Because like when you're in Graves 6, you're trying to understand uh, where in the spiral yourself you missed some material, you know, maybe some, some shadow cleanup work, maybe you skipped some pieces in certain uh, Graves levels because it just was like too scary or uh, didn't fit the worldview at the time. So often people go back to two or three purple or red to get some magical thinking stuff, community related stuff, self-sacrifice related stuff. We're going into red and getting some uh, power related stuff, boundary setting related stuff, assertion, uh, asserting yourself and um, perhaps doing some relationship to, you know, external uh, reasons for your behavior, right? <laughs> and it's it's through often working through a lot of that that spirituality um, is is a part of that process for Grave Six. But I think in Grave Six, spirituality in its um, most healthy, I think, is implementing the ideas of wake up, clean up, and grow up. Wake up, clean up, and grow up is a Ken Wilber sort of saying. It's wake up is doing spiritual growth. And, um, you know, meditation and calming yourself. And uh, it's not about getting high, though. Sometimes that's like the inroad, right? Is like ayahuasca and mushrooms and all of that stuff. Um, but it's really about cleaning and getting to know your chemical system, like being able to calm yourself down. Or if you're a person that's already always been good at calming yourself down, how can you, you know, amp yourself up and, and kind of getting to know your own chemical system in your relationship to uh, a connection to the world around you um, and sort of uh, not deconstructing, but like examining other religions and getting to know the bits and pieces that are laced with some, some bits of, of humanity and trying to understand more of the human experience. So there's wake up, there's cleanup, which is shadow work. And that's part of the, like I said, going to two purple and three red and picking up some of those pieces that perhaps got dragged through the shadow and understanding how you've still been doing those things, but unconsciously. And so just making those things conscious, right? So for example, if you are 
you know, in grave six and you're doing a lot of astrology or a lot of external blaming, that's like kind of part of the shadow work is understanding how and why you're doing that. Because maybe that's a part of two purple that you really clung to is the dependency of that. But the growth through it is then getting past the dependency of, of external blaming and then getting into the individual aspect of three red and, and bringing in some of that assertiveness and saying like, oh no, the stars aren't telling me what to do. I have agency. I am a person that like, I'm going to go take what I want. The stars don't tell me what to do where this religion or this God or this whatever doesn't tell me what to do, where this society doesn't tell me what to do. I'm a person. And it's almost like having to go into ego first in order to under, like you have to have an ego <laughs> before you can deconstruct any sense of ego. Um, and then there's the grow up part, which is like all of the psychological models and understanding the different maps and compasses and ways that you can uh, navigate that relationship to self and not collapse under the weight of personal revelations, right? That's going to therapy. That's understanding personality types. That's maybe understanding, um, you know, that's some of the astrology work that can be, um, you know, that the Enneagram, things like that psychological models or just understanding um uh illnesses or at least the human definition of illnesses right like adhd and stuff like that like what is your relationship to not adhd the term or the cultural definition of the term but like what does that mean to you what what is that bringing out in you and understanding all of that and then you kind of go through this cycle of wake up clean up grow up and you keep doing it with like kind of each thing it's like you're washing your laundry in a sense <laughs> you're washing your spiritual laundry uh, get it now um so uh in a way spirituality for grave six is meant to be the study of self through the lens of understanding different uh doing this wake up clean up grow up process and then i think spirituality for further on like grave seven for example is a little bit more about the physical mechanisms of self, like understanding your physical chemistry. And um, again, not necessarily developing discipline, but like getting out of your own way in much more of a totality. Um, whereas the first six levels of spiral dynamics very much are about comparison and competition and you're getting in your own, your own way. And there's a lot of like mental jargon and, st and stumbling and, um, constantly stopping yourself from doing what you want to do. It's like grave seven is the aspect of like, okay, I've done some of the cleanup, clean up, wake up, grow up. Hey birds. Stop it, birds. Hey birds. What are you doing birds? Oh, there's a squirrel there. And he's just like staring. I think a squirrel is a chubby squirrel is probably my spirit animal. They say that if you make eye contact with an animal, which you shouldn't do with all animals, by the way, um, <laughs> uh, that that's your spirit animal. So I, I think the chubby squirrel outside my window is a spirit, my spirit animal. Anyway, um, sorry for the noise. Uh, <laughs> so I think grave seven or getting into grave seven is, is a little bit more about understanding that sort of relationship to uh, physical self and getting into the rinse cycle more often of this clean up, wake up, grow up. Uh, and, and, um, then that translates into like, you know, kind of understanding that all of this is about your own personal survival and, uh, managing elements of the spiral to maintain the life and awareness and 
position that you have. Anyway, I got way too in the weeds about the spiral dynamic stuff, but I really wanted to talk about, I really just wanted to use this as an example for like how these words can get misinterpreted, particularly spirituality and karma, I think are the two biggest ones that really get, are, are getting, um, uh, karma has gotten conflated over time, but spirituality has definitely had its own uh, definitions based on your worldview. And so I would just, uh, if you're, if you're in a space where you're trying to do intentional psychological growth work, and you're trying to understand and, and remove the obstacles to your growth. And the reason I wanted to point out actually that, that quote about growth, uh, you know, don't preach growth, you know, help people remove the obstacles to growth is that I think we are naturally growing human beings all the time. Like we're always perceiving, we're always experiencing, we're always aware um, of at least what's around us. And then the growth becomes like coming into circumstances and situations where we get sick of ourselves or we get sick of our situation or we get sick of whatever, because we're just doing the same compulsions over and over again. And then realizing that, oh, this isn't working. And then I have to make an adjustment. Oh, this isn't working. And then I have to make an adjustment. Like that's just happening. We're navigating through the world and doing those things. But what happens is we stack all of these things that get ourselves in the, get in the way of ourselves. Um, you know, at some point, previous levels have no merit at later levels or, or they, they deserve integration, but they're not something that need to be around in totality. Like if you're at a later graves level and you're an adult, for example, like your relationship to dependency might need to change. That might be part of the cleanup or the cleanup and the grow up work that you need to do is understanding some sort of self-talk that like, I'm not a child anymore. I am safe. I can be taken care of. I'm okay. My parents are not going to do what they did in the past. My parents might even be different people than they were at that time. Uh, and, you know, a whole suite of self-talk that needs to happen. Same thing with, you know, some of the other graves levels or aspects of those graves levels and understanding that um, you are not needing to live in that way in totality anymore. One of the biggest ones I think is guilt. Guilt comes from four blue and uh, guilt kind of makes a comeback in grave six where there's more of a community focus again. But the challenge is that I think personally morality is the guilt mechanism in graves four to keep civilians in line, to make sure that people are, are in their lane and doing their jobs and developing skills and, you know, building families and keeping civil order while also moving the, uh, the, the needle of humanity's expansion and expression forward. Whereas with grave six, I think there's a reversion to morality because that's what's already familiar, but the new territory in grave six is ethical and ethical being about like your personal decisions. Like what am I doing? What is my systems effect of what I'm doing? You know, of what I'm saying and what I'm sharing, you know, could somebody, I mean, I'm, I'm aware now, or have been wrestling with personally the effects of what I say and that I know that someone could take and misinterpret what I'm saying. And if I'm preaching too much enlightenment, for example, someone who's of an early graves level, someone who is perhaps not or unhealthy generally, um, and not ready to use the tools in a helpful way for society will take good tools and use them for their own means. And, uh, you know, sometimes you get cult leaders that way. Sometimes you get, uh, some, some really not great things in society that way. Um, so it's, there's probably, there's reasons that like 
people who get into more mystical territory start to speak in poems because if they start to try to convey the essence of existence through words, words just get interpreted by where someone is. And I think that's ultimately what I'm trying to say is that the word spirituality and karma and stuff like that get interpreted based on where somebody is or where you are. Uh, So, you know, that's up to you to examine where you are and how that fits into your worldview. And if that's where you are, I'm not saying to think differently or to repress or anything like that. If that's where you are, that's where you are. You need to navigate through it. If you look at a shelf full of books and you say that there's this book is the most attractive, read that book. That's all I'm saying. So I hope this made some sort of sense. If it didn't, that's fine. You know, listen to it again in the future. I appreciate you so very much for listening. I have been C-Note, a.k.a. Christian Rivera. We have courses for INTPs at happychemicals.org. Hey, calm down, birds. Hey, birds. Hey, birds. I'm doing a podcast, birds. Anyway, (laughs) Uh, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you. Take care of yourselves and each other. And I'll catch you next time on dopamine and other happy chemicals. See ya. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.